0: Thanks, everyone. You are listening to the Seriously Social Podcast, where we take you behind the scenes of businesses and their social media strategies. Today, we have a very special guest. Her name is Riley Hightower. Riley, thank you so much for being here today. Um, She is the owner and founder of a really awesome local bar called The Lumbar. And today, we're going to be talking about her inspiration of starting the business and take you behind the scenes of what their social media strategy is. So Riley, thank you again.
1: Yes, thank you so much, Keith, for having me. It's a pleasure to get to talk to you always. So I appreciate it.
0: Well, thank you. Um, So I just want to start off uh, with your background. And you know, how did you come up with the idea of the bar? Uh, You know, take me all the way back if you can, because I'm really interested uh, personally about your story.
1: Yeah, so this can be a really long story, or it can be a really short one. Um, We
0: have time, so. uh...
1: Perfect. Um, So I am from New Mexico originally, so I was born and raised in Albuquerque. And then I went to do my bachelor's degree at New Mexico State, which is in the very southern part of New Mexico, just above El Paso, Texas, and Juarez, Mexico. And I got my bachelor's of science in nursing there. And I had always uh, thought I was going to be a nurse. And I realized that I can apply practices and principles of nursing to other fields. And so I ended up doing biomedical research as an undergraduate. I had a couple of different summer internships and ended up applying to graduate school. And I got, uh, I applied and got accepted to UAB, University of Alabama at Birmingham. Uh, for people outside of Birmingham who might be listening. And that's up here. So I am a native New Mexican uh, that ended up in Birmingham with a nursing degree and in a biomedical sciences graduate program, a PhD program. And I, one of the biggest things that, uh, or one of the biggest hurdles I had when I first moved here was not knowing anything that all of my colleagues knew. So in class, uh, you know, everybody else around me knew organic chemistry, physical chemistry, um, advanced biochemistry, advanced genetics, things that I've never taken before. I never had to take as a nursing student. And so I basically failed all of my classes and realized I need a better strategy. So one of the things I would do is kind of trade beer for help with studying and I realized that that became kind of more than just a uh, more than just an offer and more than just some help. That actually is how I made all of my friends here in Birmingham, and I realized that all of these scientific principles don't have to be really complex and complicated. Of course, they are, but the way to learn them is not always pen to paper. Uh, you can have them by you can learn these things by drinking a beer and having discussions about what these principles mean right. with to you. So that's kind of my baseline for where I start the story is that I always um, had my best, I always felt my best, I always felt really smart, I always felt like I was contributing when I had these really cool ideas about science and could talk over them, you know, talk through them with other people uh, over a beer or a cocktail. And I realized that that kind of spiraled quickly into Okay, now I really need somewhere where I can dream a little bit. Um, my thoughts go a little bit past what we're learning in class. And I have all these ideas and, and things that I want to talk about. And sometimes they don't mean anything. And there's no context for what these things mean um, and why I want to talk about them, but I do. And so it kind of uh, basically all of that and, and needing a space for cocktails and studying and creative conversation really gave rise to hey maybe we should open a bar that's dedicated to this a bar that's dedicated to camaraderie creative thinking inspirational conversations bringing people in from the community to start those conversations there's right. that that can do that over drinks um there's a lot of places you can do it but there are not a lot of places that are built for that and yeah. so when something like that doesn't exist you build it and that is how the lumbar started
0: I love that and actually we've brought our team obviously before the pandemic a couple of times to the lumbar just because you guys have an awesome spot there's couches downstairs and yeah no, I, I really do love this spot um, awesome well thank you for sharing that background um, so I want to get into well before I ask my next question um, you talked about the concept of uh, collaboration um, can you talk like what have you done specifically in the environment? Obviously, you know, you guys are closed right now, but just serving outside. Um, but, you know, I want people to understand like how you really changed the space internally. I know you got guys out whiteboards and all that. Maybe talk just a little bit about the space itself.
1: Yeah, so... The space inside was meant to be kind of a touch on, a, on classroom design. So we have old school style chalkboards on the wall. We also have whiteboards. Uh, we hand out sticky notes. We use white napkins. It's kind of become a running joke, but we use white napkins specifically because when you're sitting at a bar and you remember something or have a thought, You don't have I mean I guess now we all have our phones but if you're old school and need a pen to, I
0: still do that I get it yeah yeah so we have
1: white napkins specifically for notes we'll hand you a pen and a white napkin if you have something that you want to write down um we've had sketches we have all kinds of things like that markers um that if you have these ideas or you came for these kinds of conversations with a group you can Um, you have a place and a space to write or draw them out. We do have a designated space inside that's partially closed off called the incubator and that is free for reservation. When we're open inside, which we're not right now, Uh, but when we're open inside, it's free to reserve for a group and the entire, one entire wall of that room is whiteboard. So uh, it also, we have a TV in there. You can HDMI your laptop for presentations people have powerpoints in there we have groups uh pre-pandemic we had groups that were in their weekly studying uh doing their kind of creative meetings for the for the week or for the month and that's been really nice to see that actually designated space where uh we're having a beer but we have to do work and this is
0: i love that i honestly i I love the concept uh and i'm kind of sad now that i didn't come more often while you guys were open (laughs)
1: Um, we'll be around for a while so there's time awesome awesome
0: um so I know other bars around town are open internally what drove you to make the decision of not opening inside
1: so there were a a couple things mostly health and public safety so absolutely number one priority is always the health of guests and staff and we just did not feel like opening inside was our best option we do Windows, um, They're garage door style windows that kind of come down onto a sidewalk bar top on the wall that is uh, on, on the front face of our bar that opens up to the sidewalk. So have the ability to shift a little bit to pivot that and, and start serving off of the bar that is up against that sidewalk. Um, So we figured if we have the ability to do that, and we can be creative with that, and we can make that work, that is the safest option for staff and guests. Yeah, No,
0: and I can agree with that. Um, Awesome. Well, I want to switch our conversation over to social media marketing. So talk to me just a little bit about what your strategy is. What do you guys do on social media? What kind of things do you post? uh, And let's start there.
1: So this is a really fun conversation. Everything that, everything social media related has completely shifted over the year and a half that I've been doing this and that we've been, we've been open for about a year and a half. So uh, really fun conversation. And I will say that right now, my social media strategy is a lot different than it was pre pandemic and a lot different than it was last summer. And even from when we started. So, Right, right. I guess one of the important things to talk about is how strategy has changed since coronavirus pandemic has hit right. and gone back to the basics in terms of when you're first opening, your main goal is to get the information out to as many people as possible. The, uh, the basic information, we're open, here are our hours, and this is what we serve. Yep. A lot of my social media strategy for the last couple of months has been going back to that. Because everybody, especially everyone in food and beverage, is, you know, routinely closing down for cleanings, closing down for cases, changing hours. We're getting all of these mandates from the state and from the city and the county that are telling us that our hours are limited now. And then we had a curfew in place for all of the riots so a lot of changing pieces are happening um are taking place in the food and beverage industry in particular and so i have been hitting hard back to the basics of we're open today we're open these hours today and this is what we have today and so it's all very um on a day-to-day information basis is a lot lately we also uh, typically pre-pandemic we have hosted a lot of really cool, inspirational events. We had Apollo Week for the 50th anniversary of the moon landing. Shark Week. We had women. <laughs> Month. We had an entire cocktail menu based on women in history that were inspirational to our staff that we all crafted ourselves. Um, we had Earth Month. So these are some of the things that we usually do and. Pre-pandemic, a lot of my social media strategy will be kind of forward, forward planning that information and, and blasting that out to say, this is what's coming. These are events that are happening. And that has reeled back a little bit since we don't have as many of these large events. Mm-hmm. you know, Confinement of space and, and space between people and things like that. Um, so I'm kind of rolling that back into day-to-day, we're open, these are our hours, this is what we're serving. So it's, a lot of it's going back to the basics that way.
0: Awesome. And how often are you boosting your post or running ads on any of the
1: platforms?
0: Is it pretty frequently or not at all?
1: So almost never, actually. So I have only boosted a post, I think, one time. as for a Halloween party last year, which was massive, uh, the largest event that we've ever held. We had a yeah. Halloween party. It was really fun. Um, That's cool. And- It it goes back to strategy and what the goals are. So boosting posts and promoting posts, um, putting money towards ad campaigns, those all have a goal or potentially your goal for those um, in my mind would be to target a larger audience. Um, A lot of the people that you've already captured within your audience are going to see a lot of your material socially um, or on, on various social media platforms if they already follow you, mm. which means that they already are captured in that market as a target audience member. So in my view, um, promoting posts would be to kind of reach outside of that and reach a little bit more broadly to people that haven't seen your stuff, don't follow you, right. don't, that kind of thing, have never seen your material through any channel. Mm. And I haven't done that, very much. Again, I think the only promoted post I've ever done is uh, for a Halloween party last year. And that's simply because I haven't thought about it a lot. Um, I'm very focused on the day-to-day communication. Um, promoting a post about we're open today would not be something that I'd want to do over a week, right? Because that's only communicating one message for one day. So. I kind of would have to strategize that a little bit and say, what is a message that I want to communicate for an entire week? And how can I promote that? How much money am I willing to spend? Of course, money is always part of that, right? Money is always part of the issue. But, or, uh, you know, part of activating that that uh, action item. And so that has also played a factor. Um, There's not in any company that's starting up, especially food and beverage, there's not a lot of extra cash to play around with. Um, Extra cash to promote posts hasn't been something that I have- Well,
0: you guys have been successful with just organic reach. So that really goes to show that, you know, organic is still alive and you just really have to uh, hone into what your strategy is to make it work. Exactly. Um, so I wanna uh, switch to the conversation of how social media is being managed. I know a lot of small businesses will rely on staff to you know, help um, put things out on social. How are you doing it? And maybe if you can shed some light to our listeners of what the best route for them might be.
1: So it does all depend on what your goals are. And at right. the of when we started kind of putting this together, I had a really great group of consultants, uh, some family and some really good friends, and some significant others that uh, we all kind of were collaborating, we all have experience with this and saying, okay, what kind of message do we want to send? How do we want to do this? What kind of copy do we want in right. this What images are projecting our, our, our image? What, what photography do we need? That kind of thing and realized very quickly that even a room of experts can miss the nail on the head. So, and it's not, uh, not for any reason other than sometimes what your strategy becomes in terms of communicating something isn't quite what you're wanting to disseminate. And I realized very quickly that having multiple people involved in the process was getting away from the messages that I wanted to send. I kept reading them and going, this doesn't sound like me. This doesn't sound like, like what I'm like, this doesn't sound like someone who would be here would say, um, or this picture doesn't look like our space. And I realized that when you also are unsure about what it's supposed to look like, it's very difficult to delegate that task. Mm -hmm. You have to have a lot of experience with knowing exactly what you want and how to delegate it in order to successfully incorporate multiple people on the process. That being said, I do all of our social media myself. I do most of our photography. I've had a lot of help with that. Um, I Let me rephrase, I do a lot of our photography lately, but I have not always done all of our photography. I've had amazing amazing people uh, help with this process And I've learned a lot. They've been willing to teach me. I bought a new camera. I practice taking pictures of things in my kitchen, uh, just lighting and shadows and things like that, right? So um, I have realized that when I don't know what I want something exactly to be, that's a difficult situation to delegate. And so I'm going to have to do it myself. And, And that's just because of what we need as a bar, what we're trying to communicate, and what, and and my time constraints. Um, There are plenty of other ways that this can work. And sometimes you hand it over to somebody and they know exactly what you want to say. They know exactly how they want to, how how you're going to want it said, how they're gonna want it communicated. And that works just as well. Um, But for me, I do all of ours.
0: Gotcha. And how much time does that usually take you? And do you use any tools to help you do that? Or are you just straight into Facebook, straight into Instagram?
1: Yeah, so it it does depend on what I'm doing. I usually uh, I have not I've played around with a few tools. A lot of the tools that are available for Instagram, which is where most of our kind of target demographic are 25 to 40 year old age range young professionals that's where they're seeing our stuff most of the time is on Instagram. Yeah. And tools for Instagram don't fully integrate. For example, um, I don't want to schedule a post that I can't add a comment with hashtags when yeah. it, right. Because then you've got this posted for a couple hours and you realize, Oh crap, I have to go back and add the hashtags. And at that point it's a past the, t- you know, it, it it's, yeah. So already. you find it
0: better just to go directly into instagram so i go
1: directly into it yeah um i'll set my alarm in the morning on for what time i need to post and i will wake up and put that post together and send it out gotcha and it and also depends I, I do use spark post a lot to build posts uh-huh. i do use illustrator also to design out things that i need designed
0: gotcha, gotcha. okay awesome um and have you thought about TikTok at all? Or do you think that that's not a space where uh, you can really thrive? What What are your thoughts on that? I'd love to hear your thoughts.
1: I go back and forth because, man, if there's any time to just go off the rails, it's right now during a global pandemic when basically all rules have flown out the window. I just haven't had time. I mean, in in this age of trying to keep customers basically do as much business as possible with your doors virtually closed um it's all it's taking a lot of time and effort and resources and so i just haven't had time to kind of talk but i know a lot of people are doing it and even as just a way to as a creative outlet for maybe a non-traditional way of how you communicate messages I've seen a lot of a lot of places start doing it, and I think it would be really fun. I just haven't had time to dive into it. Gotcha.
0: Well, last question for you: What are your top three favorite social media platforms? Where do you spend your most time personally?
1: I always I'm on Instagram, but that's because I'm posting a lot on Instagram, and I like photos. I I think I like the way that photography feels a little bit better than words. I'm not as good at words. With you on that visualizing things, um, which is strange because I'm usually such a logical, linear person. So words should be a little bit easier. for. Me. Um, but yeah, I like that. Uh, Facebook is really good for events. I keep up with my family on Facebook.
0: Right. Um, I'm not
1: so much of a Twitter goer. I I have one. I'm trying. Uh, again, my words don't meet. I, I don't love the yeah, way- yeah. Words, so Twitter's not my go to. Um, and I don't do TikTok only because of the time constraint, and I try not to have my life sucked away by one more thing. Netflix is already, you know, has already done that. Um, but uh, I pretty
0: much, on yeah, I'm a I'm an Instagram, LinkedIn, and then Facebook. Yeah, I, I maybe even sp- spending more time on LinkedIn recently.
1: Really? That's so interesting. See, I haven't, I haven't taken the dive into using LinkedIn as a social platform yet. It's still very professional in my mind. Um, but yeah, it is it's still a, lot a lot of
0: traction, you know, we yeah. sell the businesses. So that's where, why I'm, you know, typically on that.
1: Exactly. Exactly. So, but that's something that, that I've been trying to dive into also. I just made a, uh, a LinkedIn profile for the lumbar so that we can post job openings for bartenders and kitchens yep. yep. like that. So uh, awesome. I'm, I'm trying. Awesome, awesome,
0: awesome. Well, hey, look, thank you again so much for uh, doing this podcast. I'm sure our listeners got a lot of value because we do have very small business owners that all have restaurants and you know other types of businesses. And I'm sure you brought them some value. So thank you again.
1: Absolutely. Thank you so much for having me, Keith. I appreciate it.